Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the role of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. Cody, we're at 100. We made it to 100 episodes. <laughs> we did, and I am very excited. Although I do want to say, right before we started recording, you did kind of accuse me of being an emotional vampire. So you, you kind of are, though. <laughs> like you are totally an emotional vampire sometimes. But because, like, I'm so excited. You're just like, yeah, no, life's fine. Everything's as everything should be. Like, like you are. We've discussed this a little bit, but you are like the one who's yeah, pretty good. Every week, that's how you can, you can always be at pretty good. I have like super high highs, super low lows, and like everything in between. And I think the standard for you is just pretty good. <laughs> I mean, if it makes you feel better, Jordan, to commemorate this episode, I was listening to music while we're recording, and I was gonna listen to "Here Comes the Sun," and I typed Here in "Here Comes the," the," and the first thing it suggested boom. was "Boom." So now yes! I'm listening to that. Here comes the boom. <laughs> Oh my god, the song's so bad. <laughs> this is, oh it's, gosh. it's kind of like very of its time. <laughs> this sounds like 2008. Right no, uh, that's P.O.D., right? Nelly? Nelly. Sure. I don't know. It's what the YouTube video says. I don't I don't know anymore, man. It's two, it's 2000s. We should bury everything that happened in the early 2000s. So anyways, Cody... For the hundredth, well, actually, it's been more than a hundred times, but for the hundredth time, what have you been doing recently? Okay, there's there's a few things that we need to cover. One, oh, Jordan, have you read Percy Jackson? The um, Lightning Thief? Yeah. No, I have not. It's a good book. Really? You know I what it su- is? I am surprised you're saying it's a good book because I expected to hear the exact opposite when you mentioned it. You know what? It is a no surprises straightforward adventure story written for children and it does that well it's not it's not going crazy it's not doing anything surprising really but it's like well written i like the characters the setting is fun that's all you got to do it's just a well done story i was listening to a gaming podcast and like one of them was talking about was like a 10 out of 10 game is a game that comes it does exactly what it's meant to do. It's not necessarily the best game, but it's a game that does exactly what it said is is doing. That's what it sounds like Percy Jackson there is, is doing there is exactly what it said. Yeah, there is a merit to like doing the thing you're trying to do well and breaking no new ground. And you don't have to. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you do, but like not every time. You don't have to be set apart every single time. And I, I mean, I guess I can appreciate that. Yeah, no, I mean, like I've just read a lot of books that are like trying really hard to do something creative and they end up falling so flat and are so terrible. And then this one, I'm like, no, man, you guys did it. Look at you. Just a solid sound book. It's like going to the movies and seeing an adventure movie, just like a straightforward, well-done adventure movie. And I'm like, look at you. You're like the Holy Grail. There's nothing stupid about you. It's like watching Pirates of the Caribbean again. I'm just like, freaking look at this movie. Didn't you watch Pirates recently? I did. And it was so good. Because you know what? It's just, there's an adventure story and a fun pirate and nothing else weird. I'm just and they really just glad that well. there's not like... Five other movies that completely ruined the yeah, franchise. Yeah, that would they kept suck going. if there was a bunch more movies in the Pirates franchise. But that first one is a solid banger. Like it's yeah. good. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's only great. filmed on set like, or on location. They like yeah. went to the place to film all of these like 
very life-size real boats out in the ocean. I'm like, Frick, that's cool. Like, yeah, they the made first... big sailboats. I, th- I think it's great. So what's your other thing? So Percy Jackson and what else? Percy Jackson and Avatar The Last Airbender is on I mean, Netflix. Avatar and, oh, The Last Airbender will always be good. It's always good. And it, also, it's, it's back shocking. on Netflix. Because it used to be there long ago. Now it's back yeah. on Netflix. <laughs> and Korra's going to be there soon, which I'm yes, excited about. Because I really see, like Korra. What I want to do is watch them like in a row, like back to back. Yeah. I mean, well, I did that I think, with all the Fooly Coolies, which is a lot easier when there's six episodes per season. But this is like, what, 10 or more episodes a season? Something uh, like probably that? like almost 20. Because yeah, they're only 30 minutes. And it I know, was made I know for um, Korra is 10 episodes a season. Yeah, I think Korra was a little bit more like understanding what it was. Because it was originally written as a step. Like Korra was supposed to be just one season, but it had such a huge fan base that they're like, okay, well, guess we have to make this a whole thing. Well, you know, and it's interesting because, like, Avatar through the three seasons gets a lot older by the last episode. Like, the characters get, like, three years older throughout the show. Yeah. But the content clearly suddenly goes from being aged at, like, a 10-year-old to, like, a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old, yeah. you know? Like, there ends up being a lot more romance in the later seasons of Avatar and then definitely in Korra. Um, and the I character's mean, no. problems are a little bit more well, mature. I would say Korra is more aimed at teenagers, and Avatar yeah. was definitely aimed at, like, 10 through 14. I think Avatar was Actually, aimed at that I age. Eight, eight plus, I would say. Yeah, and then kind of, like, aged up by the third season. Because the third season, it's like, especially with Zuko, because he is more, like, by the time he's hitting that season, it's like, they never really say how old anyone is, except I think Aang says how old he is at one point. Well, Aang's over 100, but I think he's supposed to be like 14, yeah. 14 actually, or something like that. He's he's young. I think he's actually, 14 be... sounds way too old. No, I think he's supposed to be like 10 or 11 at the yeah, beginning, because he's I... younger than Katara and um, uh, Sasuke. Uh, and Sokka. Sokka. You Sokka. almost said Sasuke, but that's I not did. Good. He is... How... Hold on. Nope. Keep speaking. He's I 12. He's supposed to be prob- 12. Yeah, and I think Zuko's probably, at the beginning of the show, supposed to be 16. Yeah, I, I would say 15, 16 for Zuko. Uh, also, something that is funny to realize is the person, whoever voiced Zuko, voices like 90% of the characters in that show. Yeah, that guy does a lot of people. <laughs> he does so many of the people. I'm like, wait, is that is that just Zuko? It sounds a lot like Zuko. He, yeah, he starts the series at 16, and then by... um. Korra, he is 90. Well, right, because he's, like, super old in Korra. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all old in Korra. Which I think that was, like, the saddest thing for me for Korra was, like, oh, yeah, the reason this exists is because Aang is dead. <laughs> it is, like, yeah, yeah, like, like the first episode, yeah, new episode. Oh, wait, that means Aang died. Oh. Yeah, so it looks like by the end of the show, he's, like, 17, 17 18. 18, yeah. Depending, because they're not exact with the chronology, but like, especially for him, it's like just adult stuff, you know, like it's, you know, he's like dating someone and dealing with his abusive father and sister. Yeah. And then like, and yeah, that relationship gets weird, but him and his sister, oh, freaking Azula, like I, her character arc, like I truly felt bad for her at the end because she just snaps because of all the pressure to be the perfect, like perfect warlord daughter just falls on her and she just breaks. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny though that like I just did the, uh, 
I just got to the episode where they like all go to the beach and play volleyball, which is like <laughs> every anime has a beach episode, even Avatar. Well, and it's like, well, one, I can tell this is being aimed at an older audience now a little bit, and two, uh, there's like a funny line where they're all like, you know, like airing their grievances, you know. And yes. she's like, Really? Well, my mom thought I was a monster. I mean, she was right, but it hurt. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, yeah no. like that line delivery is a throwaway laugh, and it's just like yeah, but you, you okay? It's like you okay, bro? Like, you, <laughs> but you, need, you are you, a monster. It's like though. You, you need to talk about it at all. But like, yeah, you're, my mom thought I was a monster. But I mean, yes, I am, and I've done some atrocious stuff over the years. But like, not a monster. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, what else, Cody? Hit me, hit me with your best shot. Fire away. Um, I think that was all I really had. I've been I, reading a new Stephen King novel. He is. Still just making great books and should stop at some point, I guess. But he's never gonna. He's never gonna. And I, I don't like Stephen King. We, that's, I think, I was, one question I was thinking of actually is like, what things have you learned over like the series of our show, like over the hundred episodes? I think I've just learned that I don't like Stephen King. And I don't I'm, think he should be like the only horror writer. I'm just, I, he doesn't even necessarily only write horror though. Which is strange when he doesn't like all of his non-horror books are like really good. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I think even his horror books are good, but <clears throat> you know, I still have feelings about it. I think that the ending of it being fueled by cocaine is obvious. And I think it shouldn't have been. If he rewrote that, he could have ended it a little bit more coherently. And with uh, less um, yeah. atrocious acts done by children. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say you're wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna talk about that, please. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, that's like one thing I've learned. Okay, so things that I've learned over this hundred episodes is that I don't like Stephen King, and I also don't like high fantasy that much. And so what I've been doing recently, um, I just finished reading all of Dora Hidoro. Sorry, Doro Hidoro on um, which is an anime that just came out on Netflix. I decided to read the manga because it was completed, and it is freaking bananas. And I could already tell you stop paying attention to it. <laughs> no, I I haven't. <laughs> no, but, I just you're on a different screen than you should be yeah, on. Oh, okay. You have that blank stare like you're clearly reading something. But yeah, no, Dora Hidora, it, it's so it's set in this like fantasy world where like the humans live in this place called the hole. And then there's like this other plane, which is where the magic users live. And so magic users go to the human world to practice magic on humans sometimes. And so there's like this huge contention between the two sides. But our story takes place with this guy, um, Kaiman, who is this man who lost his memories and also had his head turned into a lizard head. And he's trying to find out who he was and also turn his head back. And it's like, the adventures of him and his friend Nakaido, and then how they get like intertwined with the in gangster family of the magic world, and then the cross eyes gang. And it's just, it's freaking bananas. That anime is just like, it's hyper, like, so at the same time that it's like comedic and slapstick comedy, it's hyper violent, a lot of body horror, and some really interesting commentary on poverty and um, the cycle of violence. Like, it's, really really good but it's just like so many things at one time and i loved every second because it's like one of those things where it's just it's a truly unique anime and it, like i was reading my hero academia at first which is your standard shonen anime and then dora Hidoro comes around and i was like oh my god this is so much better and i just 
I loved every second of it. It's weird. And it's weird. All the characters are super endearing, except for, like, towards the end, like, two characters just don't have any, like, character change. So, like, I've, like, stopped liking them. But, like, the author does a lot of good, like, pairing two characters together and just, like, reading out, like, scenes with these two characters and, like, just interesting beats, like, two characters at a time for a lot of it. And it's 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 really... It's really good, hyper-violent, really gross at times, but really awesome. That is my bet for Dora Hedora. <laughs> See, that, it's just, it's funny, because, like, I saw the trailer for that, and I was just like, nope! <laughs> <laughs> and, like, so that's the thing, I saw, like, the lizard head, I'm like, this looks dumb, but then, like, Ryan from Instant 3, Ryan, Alex, and Carlene all, like, watch it, and said, it's like, it's crazy, it's like, just give it one episode. I gave it one episode, it's like, okay, I like this. This is weird, I have no clue what's <laughs> happened. Like, I have no clue what any of this actually means, but I like what I just saw, and so yeah. I so I watch it. And it like it, it's good. It's absolutely bonkers, like start to finish, absolutely bonkers. But I loved it. it I, I guess yeah. on that end, I think it did the same thing that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure did to me, where it's just like I like it's weird and just like completely left field the whole time. But I'm intrigued by the story and like the underlying stuff that they do with it like the the, the care it has a lot of good character moments yeah and like by the Jojo's end bizarre adventure i feel like i want to give a shot but i also just know it might not be my cup of tea. i don't think it is like i want you to watch it but then i also will like if you watch an episode and we're like nope i would totally understand <laughs> because because uh, i think it, i think we have very very different like we have similar tastes at a lot of stuff but like on other stuff, we have very, very different tastes. And it's just like... Yeah. And that's another thing I've learned in the 100 episodes. <laughs> hey, have you watched The Warriors yet, by the way? No, I have not watched it. Because like that weekend oh. I was going to watch it. Like, I, I just, like, got... I think that was the week I, like, beat Dishonored. <laughs> Where, like, that's all I did that weekend was play Dishonored. Um, that's the other thing that I've been doing recently is... Um, I went back to playing Horizon Zero Dawn because I'm playing New Game Plus, so I have all of my upgrades and stuff. So I've just been mowing through the story and just like hunting and having fun with it. Like I'm excited that game's coming to PC. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably gonna buy it and play it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm scared that you're gonna hate it like you hate everything I like, but I don't think I'll hate it. I don't see any reason why I would. I mean, I'm still playing Monster Hunter, and that game's embarrassing. I, I, oh, you I, know what's great? It's summer, so there's a like automatic thing where now every woman's wearing a bikini because it's summer, and I'm just like, ah, oh, that's frustrating. Monster Hunter, why you gotta do this? You won't see that on Horizon, but like, I just, I think so. Playing through it, I like playing some, through some of the stories. Like, I think the story stuff's fine, but I think the thing that I love the most about it is the gameplay. Like, to me, it just feels like everything works like you have like i have all my upgrades so i have three different bows each of them has a different purpose my i have a, like a sniper bow like the general like the fire and like hard tip like attack bow and then i have like the l quote-unquote elemental bow and like you can switch between all of those like each different machine has a different weakness and you can exploit that pretty easily and it's just like finding out what type of gameplay works for you and i've figured it out for me is go for the elemental stuff first and then just hammer <laughs> hammer down precision arrows into someone's head but yeah no it's it's just i i love the gameplay i just open world has become this thing like that every game has to do these days and i think it's an open world where like i feel like i have enough freedom to do stuff but also don't feel like i'm not doing the story like 
there's a lot of yeah. cool, like the side missions aren't just go here find this like there's actual like there's some well for most of them there's stuff behind it and like i i just i like playing in that world i like being challenged by the different month like the not monsters different robots like you get swarmed like a group of watchers but then there will be a freaking um saber tooth or whatever sawtooth over there and like you have to like balance off picking off the watchers and also fighting the sawtooth it's it's just it's a really good gameplay like stream for me and that's you might not like it who knows but i i love it so i would really like to play a triple a game that i find engaging because i just haven't in so long like i guess monster hunter world but i don't i would monster Monster hunter Hunter is one of like the handful of games i've rage quit and like never tried again because there's games that i've rage quit but then i went back and was able to like get into it but monster hunter is one where it's just like i'm not touching this again i'm sorry there's to me like real problems with monster hunter world and i know there are people that are obsessed enough with it that they've like gotten to the point where it's fun but man at the beginning they are just like it's an hour to kill a monster it takes it does not take an hour to kill a monster, I have found. It takes an hour to find a monster. And then I run out of time to kill the monster because for some reason, there's a time limit. Like, I just get sleepy after fighting the monster for 15 minutes because it took me an hour See, of I dicking ha- around to just find the monster. I think in the, like, the, the depths place or whatever was the only time I actually had trouble finding them. But there, there's a flying dragon. There's like a Rathtar, but I don't think yeah, the Rathtar it's, it's, is what it's, you're it's talking a, about. Yeah, but it's, it's like this flying dragon. It's like the one that you see early on in the game. And like that battle took me almost an hour. And I just, and I died at the way in. And, it's, oh. and that's when I, I keep telling the story. That's when I rage quit because it's like, I don't want to do finding it setting out the stuff and then fighting it running to the next place then fighting it for a bit then running to the next place and then doing that like three times i don't like doing that and so i i okay. quit so one Rathtar is from star wars i was wrong i have no idea what you're talking about two i very much respect what you're saying the health pools are long enough that i get bored of doing the fight because like rathalos I, Rathalos, yep, that's it. I, I just typed in wrath, and that's a free like R A Rathalos. Yeah, it's oh, just gross. it looks like your stock standard dragon. Yeah, the Rathalos does suck. The Rathalos is that, hard. That fight made me so mad. I was just so well, mad. That and then the freaking like horned devil in the desert was another one where he just messed me up in like two hits, and I'm like, I'm not high enough to even fight this. Well, that's like the thing that the game did now is they give you like um invincible armor basically at the beginning of the game so you can beat the beginning of the game and then get to the end and actually do all the end game content um i am not using that i'm trying to play the game straight but the problem oh, is they have, release dlc and they want you to get up to the dlc they want okay. you to play the dlc with everyone else okay. so they gave you like really good weapons and armor that i'm avoiding using because yeah. i'm trying to be all like i'm gonna do it legit but like you can't grind good enough armor early in the game. And the problem is every time you see a new monster, that's a better suit of armor. Yes. So what, when, how often do you grind a new set of armor to use? So you don't die as fast, but it doesn't help that much. This is and just, I'm just turning like, into our video game gripes episode. <laughs> it, yeah. I just, I, I don't I like enjoy it. the game. 
but man, it's way more fun with people that know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I just I'm not gonna go back to it. I'm gonna play Horizon, and then I'm eventually you. going to get Ghost of Tsushima. But I'm gonna play Horizon for a while. I, I think that's a good choice. Anyways, what else have you been up to? I'm now sorry. that's all. We need to get to episodes. So hundred okay. hundred episodes, Cody. So I wanted to do is just kind of like you know quick. This is gonna be like our little bonus section. Just like ask you kind of a couple of questions because we made we made it through. A hundred episodes of this stupid show, which like I keep I told myself 20 is like, oh, my God, I'm so surprised we got to 20. Then 50. Oh, my God, we made it to 50. Now we hit a hundred episodes and it just blows my mind that we still have enough fire to keep going for. I honestly think we can keep going as long as like one of us just doesn't get bored. (laughs) (laughs) As long as one of us doesn't bail. Yeah. yeah, And I mean, I'm not planning on doing anytime soon. So I just I guess. Asking you kind of just a couple questions. We'll just bounce back and forth, but kind of a couple questions for the 100 episodes. Like, so over 100, we've done, I think, about 90 worlds now, close to mm-hmm. each. Um, so what, what was like your favorite and like most memorable world that you've written? Like, which is the one that like of yours that just like stands out as like, yeah, that was really good. I had a lot of fun doing it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so. I have a few answers to this, which is cheating. That's fine. It's difficult to pick one. Um, I think probably my best world, um, and this is going to be no surprise to you. I already know which one it is. The breath? uh, Yeah, it's the breath. I think was my best. (laughs) I think my favorite of like a world that I think is cool was the like cluster of planets with Batman. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, you, you went to like episode two and episode like five are <laughs> your two best. So you know, that was an episode five. Was yes. It? Bat world was like, that was in the first cluster of worlds we did. Yes. That was our oh, first you know go. What? Yeah. Like Cody. Oh you no, peaked but I was early. also going to say you peaked early is what you're saying. I think those ones are, I just like was very pleased with. Um, I also am going to say, like, an honorable mention to um, Outlaw Alabama. I actually really liked what I did for that world. Yeah, whatever, man. Uh, despite the fact that you don't think it was a world, I it actually wasn't. think it was well-written. It was well-written, but I, it wasn't a world. <laughs> I had a clear feeling I was going for, and I felt like I got that feeling. Yeah, and you can be happy with doing exactly what you set out to do. I um, can be bad and, because it wasn't a world. <laughs> and then I think, like, another one that i loved was um oh gosh jordan i don't remember exactly which one it, i remember exactly which one it was i don't remember what the the topic was okay, it just was say the it, I can uh, tell one you. where it's the one where i rhymed the same sound in every sentence that was tragedy world i think was it tragedy world yeah because he was set in it like he was like on a oh, stage play it was on, made it was a to be a tragedy yeah. yeah so yeah that was tragedy world that i liked what you did but you made me so mad with the rhyming scheme being the every single time <laughs> you in every sentence of ee rhyme scheme oh, that's yeah. like i hate yeah. you so much i i had so much fun writing that world and knowing it was gonna bother you and then I also liked it because that was the world where I said that technical theater people yes. were goblins that tortured people. Was that <laughs> the I'm one like, where Eric I, was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> like, and just everything about that made me happy. Uh, that, that that was a fun one. So I think ones that stood out to me, I think, was, I guess, really when I like truly felt like I was getting into the groove of it. And that was, um, well, 
first I felt a little bit uh, at episode three, which was our um, water world, the one where I did like the science ex- like team goes down to the planet and gets like destroyed by the planet. And you don't remember. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah I remember that one. Well, like, yeah, I, yeah. I think favorite. Okay, so favorite world that I have written. I would say the swamp is up there. And then also my Disney princess world are like two of the ones that like I just had so much fun writing both of those and like visualizing stories for them. Like I, I felt like they truly stood out to me. Like as me as a world builder writer, like they truly stood out to me. I, I just had so much fun with those. And yeah, there's like, there's just a few that like really just, I felt like I like knocked it out of the park, but those, those two like really stood out. So Cody, what has been your favorite prompt to do? Um, Ooh, that's a good question. I'm flicking through them right now and I'm trying to decide what prompt was one where I just was like grinning ear to ear. (laughs) Cause there were definitely ones where I just kind of like had fun like um i think oh gosh what was it hang on let me scroll through the list here give me two seconds i'm sorry oh my gosh no i know what my favorite what? one to write was what? it was the it was the dinosaur world where the woman falls in love with a t-rex oh my god that was my that favorite made me world so we were that, i just was talking to a friend about that the other day because they sent so, that picture that diana sent me of the of woman kissing the so dinosaur happy. like someone else sent that to me and we started talking about world shop i was like yep that was like the angriest i have like i wasn't of course wasn't actually angry but it's just like it's like you did this specifically to get under my skin and you were succeeding because that's the serious like yep. seething like as soon as i knew what was going on because at first i was like oh she's gonna turn into a dinosaur because it's like whatever and it's like as soon as i knew what it actually was it's like you're the devil. <laughs> you are so mean to me. <laughs> like I, I liked the, uh, I liked that the character was just um, the the rock guy from Thor. Oh yeah, yes, yes. He was just um Korg, the rock guy. Yes. I don't, I don't remember what that guy's name Korg. was, but yeah, Korg, Korg, Korg yeah. something like that. But like, so mine. It was the one that, like, as soon as I saw it on the prompt list, like, I knew I was going to have fun with it, and I did. I, I really enjoyed it. Was um, Magic and Science. That Oh, that, that one was one, rough for me. Yeah, that was your um, Barbarian World. <laughs> yeah. Where I forget, was, you uh, made one, one of my stories that you did, you made it to Barbarian World, and that made me so mad. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, really, Cody? Really? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, Magic and Science, like, is the one like when I think of prompts that I enjoy, like actually like enjoyed like sitting down to the first one that comes to mind is magic of science. I can, I can understand that. It's just, I've always liked, I like writing about magic. I like forming my own magic. And like, I think that one I did magic was like spoken words. Like you had to like, it wasn't like a magical phrase, but it was like, I guess either like a sing song, like way of speaking was how the magic was performed. And I, I remember really liking that one. Um, yeah. Okay, so, Cody, other than Florida Man episode, which we actually did end up erasing, what was the episode that you wish, like, you could just, like, delete from history? Man. Just, just like, just, like, you say this this episode, and then it, no one no one even knows it existed. It's just one's like, wait, what are you talking I about? I think things? for me, magic and science was pretty rough. I think that was probably like a low point for me. 
Um, man, I'm looking through the list now. I think world, and I'm trying to decide. World wise, like I keep bringing back like Snake World as being one of Dolphin World. Oh no, Jordan, it's Dolphin World. I would get rid of Dolphin World. Although getting rid of Dolphin World would mean that I got rid of the gritty yeah, reboot of gritty Dolphin reboot World was that really, was pretty great. I see. I don't think Dolphin World was as bad as you think. I think it's because it was like our third world ever. I think it like it being like the first one that just didn't do great. I think that yeah. that is like why it sticks out because that's like the first of the bad bad ones i don't think it was that bad i made fun of you a lot during that episode i apologize now hundreds episodes later but um <laughs> i think for me like snake world's one that i would initially say but i think snake world was fine it was like a nice like building stepping stone world for me i think the one i would get rid of the one that like i just didn't really have a good idea for and didn't really care for at all was i think it was the prison planet world which i think was our land world episode where like i made like a prison like it really just the world doesn't stand out to me as being good or bad it's just it's just there it just exists and i'm just like i just wish it wasn't and so like at least snake world was like memorable for a reason this world i'm talking about i'm thinking most people won't remember what it is i don't remember this that's why it just wasn't memorable (laughs) okay we're almost done with the stupid like talk show section okay cody no i like this i'm having what what is your um the favorite world or most memorable world that i have written like so let's switch which one do you like that i've done and i'll tell i'm gonna go first on this one the one that i like that stands out to me so much like the breath is always going to be like the world that i think was your best world but the one that i think is just truly was a unique world that i would have loved to see a comic or a book in was um your it i don't know if it was horror no, it was world where the supernatural exists, and that was the one in um Bol- Bolivia, Indiana. Yeah, where it was like yeah, it yeah. was the gas station, and like the you know the small town like in the middle of nowhere, but the like there's werewolves and stuff, and you have that guy who was like hunting, like he he was like keeping keeping order in the town. He was like the sheriff, or, well self proclaimed sheriff type thing. I thought that was like a really cool idea, and that would have made like a really good like limited series comic. I I was very happy with that world for like a lot of reasons just because some of it was based on like some hometown stuff for me and i liked that so no that that one was one i'm very happy with um i think for you if you remember uh i would say one of the worlds that i remember is the is the two dragons where you had business dragons yes <laughs> which is i love how you answer. don't remember anything between you remember like the first five or the, like the most recent, you don't remember anything in between. Uh, that was episode just, five. The world is dragons. That one just made me laugh so much. Dude, it made that was me where so I was happy. just like, I want to go over the top. How can I do that? Well, you said the world is dragons, so I literally made the world two dragons because that's dragons and not the world is a dragon. And then I had everything in the world be dragons. And that was just that I think that might have been one of the more fun ones to write was the world is dragons. Yeah. Because just getting to be stupid with it. I had like dog dragons and business dragons and like dragons that worship an elder god. And like it's just it was really dumb. There were a lot of dragons, and it made it made well, me very I think, happy. Like, like uh, that, or the the swamp is one that, like, you've talked to me about so much, and I understand why. Because <laughs> um, I think it was a good 
I think it's a good idea for a world. It's like this swamp you can't get out of. Oh, yeah. You're mixing two of them. The forest. The hollow root forest. Oh, is it the yeah, forest? The, sorry, the swamp, sorry. Hollow the swamp root is actually is that... a different world that I wrote that you can get out of the swamp, but it, the whole world's a swamp. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah, that, then definitely hollow root forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hollow root is like my... That's my one. I honestly might not... I might just put that down for a while and write the swamp which is funny that you mentioned the swamp i have two like just general um biomes that i want to write in one is a deciduous forest and the other was a swamp i think i might stick to making a magic fantasy swamp for a little bit anyways cody what projects are you looking for to most and I'm looking forward to more audio dramas. I had a lot of fun yeah, with that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, just because it was fun to rope our friends into doing stuff. It was just a lot of fun um, just, like, during COVID times to, like, sit down and, like, hang out with people. Because I haven't really been able to spend time with people. So, like, actually, like, laughing and making something together was a lot of fun in the middle of COVID times. Yeah, well, and it was rewarding. And, you know, it's like... Especially with, you know, the way we all are, you know, it's like we, none of us really live near no. each other, even, you know, even without there being like a, you know, plague reason not to see each other in person. Like, you know, it's like we're in five different states, the people that were all on mm. that. Um, so it's difficult to, you know, like, I think a rewarding thing about doing any type of these like kind of group creative endeavors is it kind of keeps you it means you keep up with your friendships more you yeah, know what I mean? I mean like one of the things I like wouldn't be like friends with Diana without like you and the show like you've you well, yeah, friends and, set us I mean, up yeah. and without Game of and without, Thrones <laughs> yeah without Game of Thrones but like, like yeah it was, it was like nice to like actually like because I met her before but like actually getting to know Diana and like talking to Eric again because I haven't talked to him since college like it, it was nice like to talk to both of them and like to also Caitlin and Zach and just I'll, I'll just it, it's been nice to like work on this with multiple different people and I think like the yeah. thing I'm looking forward to is like yeah more audio dramas but like more more collaborations with other people more like stuff like stories like maybe even it's not like a um an audio drama but we can like bring other people in to like either write stories tell stories just 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 more stuff and I and I just like I really enjoyed that aspect of the show that we've done is like having other people that's not just me and you and all the people with nothing to do yes i just quoted lifehouse <laughs> i hate lifehouse <laughs> i don't know what lifehouse you is you with me and all of the people it's a really bad band with nothing oh. to do nothing oh, I'm listening to, to that do, song it's you and me i'm gonna put that song like quietly under this just to give this like a yeah it's 100 episodes yeah me, i i can't believe i sung like that just i can't that song's so bad i hate lifehouse so gone in disarray oh, yeah, just all their songs sound exactly the same. And it's all it's all I, just him singing like this. Yeah. There's a part of me that just loves this type of music. It's so it terrible. Is. It's so but bad. I kinda I love it. Just don't I can't. So, it's just like how many times can we play photograph, you know? Look at this photograph! Oh gosh, Jordan, this song is so tacky. Yeah, dude, dude, it was uh, everywhere when we were in high school. Like freshman year of high school, I think is when it came out, and it just would not quit. 
It just would not. This is why irony became such a Yeah, fad. because of stuff like this. <laughs> okay, Cody. Last question. It's dumb, and I'll answer it for you, too. But why do you think I'm the best co-host for this show? Jordan, because you're like my only friend that listens to music. <laughs> right. We have had, over the, I think we had a lot of conversations about cooking, music, and just dumb books and video games. <laughs> That seems like a, a, like, vague and underhanded comment, but I mean, I think I only know one person, <laughs> aside from you, that listens to bands on the regular. Yeah, I, it's literally, like, when I'm not listening to, like, I, I'm a person who needs to have noise because, like, I, yeah. without, like, noise, it's, my life is nothingness. So I either have music on or a podcast on or, like, some something that I can hear at all times. And so that's why I just have this like infinite well of music because it's like, you can't listen to the same three bands over and over. You need to just constantly be listening to stuff. And it's just who I've become as a person. But why I think you're the best co-host for the show is because like, it's, it's a good balance. Um, I am like, we've, we talked about this last week and we were writing this episode. Um, I am a very passionate, overly enthusiastic, extremely, like, my aura would be red because I'm, like, just, if it's getting angry, if it's getting excited, I am all in with it. And I'm a very, just like, ah, type person. You are a way more well-adjusted, way more, like, can go with the flow, whatever the flow may be, person. Your aura would be blue. Like, you are very, like, you're a steady state I was gonna say beige, so thank you for saying blue. But, but your steady state is so much more steady than whatever the heck you would want to call me. Like, like I like if it was two people with the same personality of me, the show wouldn't work because it would be just constant yelling. But the fact that, but the <laughs> fact that, like, you could do the thing where you get mad, and yeah, I get baited every time into getting mad. It it works. It. <laughs> It's a bit of fun podcast because I've also had moments when I've gotten very angry and you haven't and you haven't been like, <laughs> screw you, and logged off. You've just been like, okay, well you can calm down now. And it's like, yes, I can calm down now. <laughs> it's like fine. But yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it's just a very good balance of a show. I I, agree I with hate you. us. <laughs> I, I hate everything that we've become anyways cody here's this nice sentimental thing from jordan i hate us also you and me should be the new rick roll like why is this okay, not the so new i rick saw roll? a video of rick astley playing everlong by the foo fighters and it literally made my brain start bleeding i had to go to the hospital because my brain just didn't know <laughs> i haven't heard him saying anything else other than never gonna give you up and he was singing everlong and it's like what is this who are you like, it was such what a completely happening? different tone i was like what ah, i'm bleeding everywhere and then yeah my i just boom my brain popped and i died but jordan do you remember three doors down which three doors down song are you gonna do kryptonite because that's such a cliche song there's only one there's three two doors down song. Kryptonite. No, there's two there's two and what was the, the really <laughs> sappy right. one um Closing no, that's not. Time. That is semi-sonic. That is not three doors down. No, that it's not. That's three doors down. I know down. my music. That's semi-sonic. Is closing time. The other one is here without you. I'm here without you, babe. Na, na, na. Oh shit, yeah. that is semi-sonic. Duh, I don't like. I know my music, and that's why you like me. It's they're all Dude, the same. Closing though, time Jordan. is so good, though. Closing time is better I than kind of love closing, closing time. Closing time. 
Have you to don't go have home. to go home. You can't, but she can't stay, stay here. Yeah. I don't know why I sing all of those these like alt rock songs like that. I can't hit those notes, so I'm just gonna fudge it. <laughs> I need to delete. Yeah, that's why I hate tenors. By the way, as someone who does not have a tenor voice, men with tenor voices can go <laughs> die in a hole. What? I'm so sick of tenors. What are you? Nothing. The problem is I cannot sing high enough to be baritone and I cannot sing low enough to be I, bass. My vocal I can do low to be bass, but I tiny. can't like, there's a certain range of bass that I just can't hit because it's way too low. So I'm just, I am also with you in the middle of nowhere. I can, Ooh. I can hit it, but I get too quiet and baritone Ooh. can start to like we stretch my range. We need to stop singing and go on to the actual show. It's 40 minutes in, Cody. But Jordan, I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Home. Take me home. I can keep going, but I don't want to. We, we I know. To roll. Yeah, let's Jordan, roll. I'm gonna. Roll. I'm gonna roll. Doing? Oh, dang! What did you roll? I rolled an eight. I rolled directly down the middle of of a ten. So. Oh, so you get to go first, Jordan. Look, just gather up your jacket and get out of <laughs> here. Gather up your jacket. Get I think you found a friend, Jordan. Here. Yeah. I know who I want to we gotta take stop, me Jordan. home. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen back to this and hate every second of what just happened because I hate my voice so much. That's the other thing I learned in this show is that I can be okay with my voice after 50 episodes of listening to it. it, it well, I've always it took been really me 50 like, episodes uh, to be able to listen without it? cringing. What's the what's the what's it called when you're obsessed with yourself? What's that? Narcissism, uh, right? Or are you thinking of something huh? else? Narcissism? Yeah, I'm a narcissistic. I like how I sound. Oh wow, I hate how I sound. Yeah, I do not mind my own voice, especially when I talk. Okay. That does not So this me. world, Cody, what is what are we doing this week? Uh this week we did um It's written right the there. Prompt? It's written right there. Read the we bowl. did 100 episode collab. No, it's right. It's right here. I'm highlighting it. Oh, we did the behemoths. Yeah, I forgot. How do you forget what we wrote like literally four days ago? I remember what it was. I just didn't remember what the topic was. Yeah, I've wanted to do the behemoths for so long. This is a Mr. Ginger Ninja um, world. And first, thank you for A, talking to me outside of this show because I know I'm annoying as heck. And B, thank you for actually like um, giving suggestions for prompts because... He's like, yeah, th those were supposed to be just spitball. You you guys weren't supposed to just add them directly to the list. I'm like, nope, we just put them right on there. <laughs> so, but no, these these were all fun. You don't understand how this works. He did Pyramid World, Sitcom World, and this is the third Mr. Ginger, Ginger Ninja World we're doing, which is Sentient Race Relies on Behemoths. This is one we wrote together. Yes. Because we we got the collab bug after um doing a whole audio drama together. Which, yeah, that was, this is fun. That, it, it was, it's fun writing with you, but I, I do miss having the sole freedom to write something by myself. <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me about I'm, you. I'm independent, but I also like being on a team, if that makes any sense. <laughs> it doesn't. Um. So, yeah, this comes from our character, Livia, and her journals as she journeys through the world. Spoilers. Screw you. As I sit on the edge of the great terrapin and look down in the depthless blue, I begin to think that there must be something else out there. I feel like you had a voice for this, but I'm just reading it, so oops. No, her she should just sound normal. Okay, cool. She's gonna sound like a 28-year-old black man. <laughs> 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 I, 
I've heard <laughs> I was just describing myself. Why is that funny, Cody? <laughs> can you stop laughing because I can't talk when you laugh? <laughs> I mean, you can. You just have to edit me out. Uh, well, I can't. I mean, I, I will start laughing. Anyways, I've heard. Jordan, the- wait. Do you want to know something that I recall, though? I recall breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, my God. You must say, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? Breakfast at Tiffany's. I mean, you're just going down that playlist of songs. That's okay, Deep done. Blue Something, right? On. Right? That's Deep Blue Something? It is, yes. Okay. You, how do you know these weird one-hit wonder Because fans? I know all of the one-hit wonders because I used to like... I think all of these one-hit wonders, I just thought they were done by Three Doors Down. I'm like, I think all of these are Three Doors Down. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, I'm going to start from the beginning because we lost the thread. As I sit on the edge of the Great Terrapin and look down in deathless blue, I begin to think there must be something else out there. I have heard the elders spin tales about how there are other behemoths down there, but they are just old kooks who like to tell stories for shock and awe. From what I can see, all there is to this world is the Terrapin herd. There must be more. Truth be told, I've been dying to get out of this small city of Marsan that lies on the back of the Great Terrapin. Marsan is fine, but extremely boring. When I lay on the shell moss, I can hear the symphony of the Terrapin's multitude of hearts slowly thumping as they carry blood around the behemoth I call home. The mossy blanket that covers the Terrapin makes a great foundation for our city. The elders tell stories of buildings that scrape the skies on other behemoths, but here on the Terrapin, there is nothing like that. We keep our civilizations low into the surface of its shell, anchoring our structures to the turtle. Though there are storms and choppy waves, the slow movement of the Terrapin keeps us from being washed away while our anchors keep us secure. Towards the center of the Great Terrapin Shell is where our community plaza is. There you can find the home of the elders and the Marsan Bazaar. Every day, many people gather to trade wares of many kinds. You can find anything there from fishing equipment to jewelry. Also, it's great not having you laugh at me because we wrote this together, so all the laughs have already happened. And I just like it's really nice being able to do this like in like silence. It's I feel good. Outside of the community plaza is where most people live. You can find huts and cabins littering the outside of the shell. City workers like to grow gardens to fill in between each of the homes and lay shells or stones to create walking paths. Outside of the city is where we hold the farmlands. We grow crops to accompany the food that is brought in from the ocean. All year round, the farmers toil in the moss to grow food for the entire community. I sometimes work out there in the crops, but really, I find that sort of life boring. What is more interesting to me are those who leave the terrapin to fish. Fishing is exciting and can be extremely dangerous. Storms roll through all the time, and the elders say that the terrapin can sense these. That's why we never directly experience a typhoon. But when the fishermen go out, they are putting their lives into the hands of the Deathless Blue. We have dozens of fishing boats that are made up of debris that floats by the Great Terrapin and also materials that grow, that are grown on the shell. Some people even scrape bits of shell on the outer edge to use as reinforcements. Others use shells or jewels to adorn their, uh, their ships with those bits of flair. Everyone has a different style, using dyes to color their sails. I've always wanted to go out on the ships to fish, but alas, my family is made up of farmers, so I must follow suit. Everyone has their duty in Marsan. My duty is just farming, meaning I will probably never be a fisherman. 
I watch the boat sail from the terrapin every morning from my perch on the edge of our farm. The boats can be big or small, manned by one or many people, powered by sails or paddles. Whatever works best for the crews is what they end up using. Every day when the boats come in late afternoon, the fishermen spend their time cleaning the fish and trading them in the bazaar. There is plenty of food to go around, but the more exotic fish are the ones that people trade for. The fish that aren't traded to the individuals are given to the Council of Marsan to distribute. The Council of Elders give out precious goods and rations to the fishermen for their hard work. I just wish I could go out in the deathless blue and fish rather than farm with my family. Don't get me wrong. The Great Terrapin is a fantastic place to live. There is plenty of food to go around. The land is easy to harvest and the community is great. At night, I usually sit on the edge of the Terrapin and watch the stars. The sky is completely clear at night and you can see the stars sparkle above. I've seen flashes of... Sorry? I've seen flashes and shooting stars. Some stay and some disappear forever. But the sky is an endless array of beauty. This only makes me want to leave more. I want to explore the rest of the world. If what the elders say is true, there is more out there than just the great terrapin herd. So I've been planning something. I've been talking to some fishermen here and there, and they even have let me explore their boats. Because of that, I have been able to come up with plans for my own boat. It is small, but it will do the job. One day I will escape this boring life. And yeah, I'm done. You're good. All right. Getting eaten is kind of hard to describe, but I gotta say it was worth it in the long run. Hearing stories about a leviathan is one thing, but when all the water in the depthless blue starts draining into a massive gaping jaw of a leviathan, I was terrified. My little boat slipped away, rushing down a hill until the sun was blotted out. I passed teeth that towered over my head. Each of them might as well have been a mountain. The world ended when the Leviathan closed its great mouth. All the lights went out, and I was alone, rushing down. What I found deep in the Leviathan was incredible. I saw a soft, blue-green glow as the water current slowed the lights brightened until it was dazzling on my unaccustomed eyes. It was amazing to be there in the far-down belly of the Leviathan. (laughs) Much to my surprise, there were people much like me. They wore very little clothing and their bodies were painted with luminous skeleton skeletal patterns. Their speech was odd but understandable. I guess in some ways we were distant cousins. I have a question really quick. You think they have raved out raves down there? They do not have raves. They would never have raves. What what would happen is they would never ever ever have a sexy cave rave in their underground cave. They would never do that. Because it would be tacky. But the thing is, they probably have hallucinogenics out there. I just am saying. Like, they probably get wild. There's probably an orgy or two at least, like, once a month. I mean, I'm sure, but it's not like the thing that they do. Yo, man. There are people that sometimes have orgies. They're in the stomach. Not orgy people. They're in the stomach, so, like, they hear, like, the thumping of the heart. So, like, obviously people have totally, like, made some rave music to the thump. I, I'm i just going to keep reading and never talk to you again. Uh, I guess in some ways we were distant cousins. Under their paint, their skin was pale and smooth like stone. This was so different from my own deep, rough tan from endless days in the sun and wind. The city was bizarre. 
They were only able to live off of what the Leviathan swallowed or excreted from this chamber. But they were able they were able to cultivate many different types of allergies. Allergies <laughs> and other such and other such slimy soups, slimy glowing soups that they used for medicines or adhesives. You wrote this part, so don't blame me. I am not blaming you, though they mostly lived on fish. The town was built using whatever debris the Leviathan swallowed, making it seem far more haphazard and strange than my own village. The people were friendly. They found me just as odd as I found them. They called me Turtle Rider, and many of the children thought that I had been burnt or dried because my skin was so dark. The children were amazed when I told them that I had never seen anyone glow before. But how would you see, they asked, and I told them all about the sun and how sometimes it was very bright and warm and at other times cold and dark. The children were shocked. In the Leviathan, the temperature was always the same humid warm. They told me that they slept when the algae slept. I had no idea what that meant until all at once the luminous paint on the people and the buildings and the walls dimmed and went out, and I leaving us in total darkness. The people of the Leviathan told strange and wondrous stories of how we were born and how some of us became turtle riders and others took to the skies on a behemoth called the Celestial Ray. Here's what they told me. First, there were the Leviathans, great and timeless whales, worlds unto themselves. These creatures, like moving islands, ruled the sea and all the lesser creatures played tribute to them. Shark and jellyfish, eel and seal. All other animals thought the Leviathans as gods. The Leviathans, however, were sad. They had ruled all of the world's water, but in their hearts they were lonely. Deep in their great hive of hearts, the Leviathans had no one. So they devised a plan to create inner life. One day, the greatest and oldest of the Leviathans swam far down to the base of the ocean. They ate glowing algae to make it so humans could see in a home in the Leviathan's belly. The great old Leviathan then ate many fish and underwater plants so humans could also eat. Finally, he swam hard and fast towards the sky and broke free from the ocean. Flying up and up, the great Leviathan reached all the way to the starry heavens and found humans floating around up there, needing a home. So the great Leviathan took massive mouthfuls of people, giving them a new home. But there were many others in the stars still needing refuge. So all the other Leviathans leapt in the air and took mouthfuls of people. In this way, the timeless Leviathans gave homes to all of the humans lost in the heavens. But some humans missed their homes outside of the Leviathans. They wanted to leave even though the Leviathans had given them such a lovely place to live. The groups of people that decided this decided they must make the Leviathans vomit them up. They stomped and stamped and danced. They lit fires and played music. This is why there's no more raves, by the way. They slashed at the flesh of the Leviathan. Sometimes this worked in the... And the Leviathans vomited them up into the sky onto the backs of the celestial rays or the great terrapins. But still other times the people would go too far and kill the Leviathans. Leviathans reproduced very slowly and the deaths of so many Leviathans was tragic. So today the Leviathans hide deep in the darkest places of the depthless blue. Mm, 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 no more mm, raves. Mm, it makes the Leviathans pukey. Okay, so so do you remember the Matrix 2? Matrix Reloaded? 
Yes, of you course. Know I know exactly what you're <laughs> yeah, talking about. Yeah, the big about. like KFC. So when you mentioned like dance in a cave, you were you were talking about uh, Matrix Two because that's what I was envisioning was the Matrix Two like big rave scene. <sighs> that movie's never been more. Dude, disappointed the Matrix in that Two movie. is so bad. <laughs> it's it's terrible. Okay, so what's gonna happen? This next part, I'm gonna do the first half, and then you're going to do another creation story. You good? Uh, do you want to do the fourth part yeah. then as well? Okay, because yeah, that work. creation story is pretty long. <laughs> so well, technically, we were doing five parts this week. Ooh, mixing it up. All right. The world inside the Leviathan's belly was quite amazing. I had never seen or experienced anything quite like that, but I wanted more. I wanted to see more and didn't think I could just stay inside the Leviathan at the bottom of the depthless blue. I thought there would be a struggle and I would have to make a grand escape. Instead, when I talked to the people, they said I was free to go. The Leviathan swam to the surface, and I was let free with my boat. I continued my voyage to see what other great behemoths existed in this world. Sailing at night and watching the stars, I saw a dark shape cover the sky, blotting out the shapes from above for miles. I remember the elders speaking of a flying behemoth, so I decided to follow it and find some way on the world above. For three days, I followed the dark shape, sailing in the shadows of the flying behemoth. It would dip closer to the ocean occasionally and then return to the clouds using its slow flapping motion to generate enough downward force in order to increase its altitude. Can you tell that was written by an engineer? (laughs) The behemoth was huge, even bigger than the terrapin I grew up on in the Leviathan I had just left. Finally, after three days, I saw small objects fall from the edges of the behemoth. There were people on gliders coming down to the surface with nets to fish. I followed one of them and yelled at them, demanding to be taken up to their behemoth. The man was confused as to who I was and what I was doing, but after enough pleading, him and a few others took me up on their gliders to the city above. That's when I saw its true form. Their behemoth was a great flying manta ray. As they flew me in, they told me of their city, Illyria. It was everything the elders had told me in their crazy stories. The city, unlike ours, had large structures that seemed to go on forever, and they had large monuments across the manta ray's body. These monuments represented the stories of old old that made up Illyria's long history. In the center of the ray's back was a large dome building. That was a place of worship for the people of the ray. They were a quiet, pious people, unlike the people I had grown to love on the Terrapin. Given the precarious yeah precarious precarious given the precarious position of being on the back of a flying creature the people on the celestial ray were calm and circumspect the illyrians had managed to keep a long and detailed history to ensure lessons and survival that could save future generations were never lost they seemed to care deeply about their history and each other believing that they all had a place on the manta ray's back The people on the raised back all wore beautifully weaved clothes that they adorned with pieces of flair. They were elegant and quiet, but seemed excited to share their stories with an outsider as they had never seen someone like me before. Being in the sky, their skin had received sun unlike the people of the Leviathan, but they were not as weathered as me on the Terrapin. Their skin was a beautiful brown, albeit wind-chafed. They accented their skin perfectly with the colors of their clothes and city. They shared with me their clothes and food and asked me to listen to their stories. All right, Cody's turn. 
Oh, we were all sitting around a fire one night, enjoying the quiet ambience of the ray. A woman sat across from me. My head was still spinning and achy from the lack of air. The woman's eyes were milky white and sunk into a face loose with wrinkles. She looked like she had been carved from wood by years of abrasive wind. She was wrapped in many knitted blankets and adorned with feathers and small small bones. bones. When she finally spoke, her voice was brittle but confident in the tale she was telling. The others tell me that you are questioning for truth, are questing <laughs> for truths and old time and tales of old times. My dear, you come here with an air of luck. I am the oldest thing that still yet lives aside from our big brother here. She said this as she reached down, laying her hand on the celestial ray. A smile creased her face even deeper. You, I am sure you have heard tales of where we come from, but here's how it is told among the clouds. Who comes first, behemoths or those that live upon them? I say maybe we are not separate. Oft people imagine spirit as a far-off thing, something less substantial, ghosts that live in bones. In long ages past, the spirit of this planet became old and wise. The spirit whose name has never been known or spoken cooled fiery mountains and angry storms. That is the work of a world spirit to make peace on these broken celestial bodies on which the behemoths now live. So after all that work was done, Lava was spilled and the surface was broken and reformed time and time again. That is when the spirit of this world began to think. I should create. I have done such a good job, made such a good home. It is time to like it is time to let something use it. When the other spirits had this thought to make life, they made something small and simple, little bugs smaller than a grain of sand. But the spirit of our world was more grand in their vision. Instead, they thought, most world spirits create small, so I will create something large. So it was then the first behemoth, truly the mother of all behemoths, was born. She was carved from stone and her bones were made of wood. From Her bones were made from etched and mighty wood. Salt water ran in her veins. The spirit worked and perfected and created the perfect being that gives life. The behemoth gods brought to live in a... Come on, Gary. Oh, the behemoths gods brought to live in a benevolent spirit of love. These creatures are shepherds and gardeners of our worlds, a timeless blessing and shelter. The first behemoth was given the ability to create life, and she did... She birthed the great terrapins, the leviathans of the deep, and yes, even the celestial ray were all created by the first behemoth. We do not know if she still lives birthing more gods or if timeless time has made a corpse of her, but either way, she is our common ancestor and savior. But how... But how now did the small people come to be sustained by the behemoths? 
There are many dogmas and answers and theories and gray-bearded certainties of where we come from. The most common agreement is that we were not made by the same spirit that made the behemoths. Here is what I think. In the celestial age, we took to the skies above the sky. We got lost somewhere in the endless black nothingness of space. Desperate to find a home. Cold, hungry, broken. Humans needed a refuge. We found this place with its magnificent spirit and creatures designed to save and sustain lives. And here we stayed, welcomed by benevolent living gods. That is, until the next time we sail in the skies again to find new and yet more wondrous places. The fire burnt low, and I felt small and large all at once. History stretching back, ages beyond imagining, and I was only a very small part of it. Yet, I was a part of it. I was a part of that great long history with so much ahead of me and even more behind. Okay, so I have a couple notes that, like, for this first one, I hope this isn't like you don't take this as an insult, but like this would be a great world for like a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, See, I Jordan! Knew you were gonna take, I Screw knew you were gonna you. take that as an insult. Screw you and the horse you rode it on. I'm done with you. I quit. Hey, I I'm quit the one who quits this podcast, not you. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, and then what's the your second, second cabinet, like so. I realize like. Doing this world together, like usually when we do this, we do not share what we've, ri- we've written unless like I'm super excited and I share. But like we don't share. Yeah. So when we come to this, I'm hearing your world for the first time pretty much along with the audience. But this one, I already know the story. So like my mind was just wandering the whole entire time. I was thinking to myself, like, is it possible to create an original like sounding cover of Time After Time? Because every freaking, like, band in the, like, early 2000s made a cover of Time After Time. Why do you care about the song? Because, no, because it's one of the time. most covered songs. And I just needed to know if this is a song that can actually... Is it? Yeah, everybody covers freaking Time After Time. Oh, wow, a lot yes. of people have. Iron and Wine covered Time, time After, after time, time has been covered a lot. That's why I was wondering, he's like, is it possible to do, like, a completely creative original cover of it? I think not. And so I was trying to think of different covers of Time After Time as you were reading. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, that's what happens when we do the same world. So we need to go back to like doing separate ideas so that doesn't happen again. Hurtful, but okay. <laughs> what? How's that hurtful? I was saying, I like hearing your original ideas. Look, Jordan, I'm just saying, if you call, I'll answer. But, you know, Time After Time. Time After Time. This has been a very musical episode. <laughs> All All bad music. Bring us home. Country roads. Anyways. I could stay with the Illyrians forever. They extended me every courtesy, but I could tell that my habits frustrated them. I walked carelessly. I spoke too loudly and was never serene enough for the... Oh, my God. (laughs) What is that word? Precarious? Are you talking about circumstances? No, this one right here that I'm highlighting. Precarious. That spell completely different than precarious was up above. I'm just letting you know. Precarious. Well, That's not precarious. You know, anyways. Follow the word. That is not precarious. That is precarious. Pre- precarious. <laughs> Go up and look where you wrote precarious earlier. It's- I, I'd rather not. <laughs> and see that these are two completely different words. 
Serene I enough. The book Bartleby the Scrivener. Serene enough for this peculiar place. So eventually, I asked them if I could glide back to my boat. They told me yes, it was possible. The Celestial Ray has a territory it favors. We should see in the next week or two. What were you saying, Cody, before I just kept reading? Are you done? <laughs> okay. I'm done. Oh, no, I was asking if you'd ever seen, if you'd ever read the book Bartleby the nope. Scrivener. <laughs> Do I look like someone who's read that book? Anyways, never mind. <laughs> okay. Don't worry about it. I'd rather not yeah. is the point. I began to sail again, gently gliding through the depthless blue. I knew under me that the Leviathan swam freely, and somewhere on the surface, the great Terrapin treaded uh, through the deep blue waters. I wanted to find out what other behemoths inhabited this world. In between the deep blue waters were many small islands covered with trees and other greenery. None of them were hosts to a behemoth, and as far as I could tell, none of them were behemoths themselves. The wind guided me forward, and I kept searching for more. Even without protection of a behemoth, food was plentiful. The deathless blue was filled with fish and edible plants in the shallows. Clean water could be found burbling... Yeah, burbling from the... the do you mean bubbling? <laughs> you were, I meant burbling! <laughs> screw you! Burbling from the ground of an island or by collecting rain during... Gosh, I'll stop using during words! During Goodness! Daytime showers. But sailing with no heading for days back to back does give someone time to think. I kept thinking, why did I leave home? Why did I run so quickly to find other homes and begin collecting their stories? At the time, I just wanted to see something wondrous, but now I think it might might be something more. It is a bone-deep need to be unsure, to feel small and large at the same time, like I did when I was talking to the Lyrians. Yes, I want to discover new and unfamiliar things, but moreover, I want to know that there is always another horizon to sail towards, or another height to fly to, or another depth to find. It was right at the moment when the sun broke over the horizon, starting a new day. I looked across all that blue emptiness and saw something. When you are alone in the water, in the water seeing anything is wondrous. But silenced by the rising sun, I saw something walking, something the size of the size of a mountain, but not swimming like the great terrapin. This figure was walking on massive arms and legs, not long after seeing it, I could feel it in shallow lapping waves and hear a low, far-off thunder of impacts. I adjusted my rudder and sailed away, heading towards new creatures and stories. And that shut up, Cody. I'm ignoring you. Burbling's a yeah, word. Yeah, it does mean burble, the bubbling or gurgling sound of water. The soft burbling of a nearby brook. She could hear the burbling of water. Two, a flow of excited speech. Was that remark a, of a soccer genius or the pathetic burbling of a failure? Wow, that's pretty harsh. <laughs> burbling in British English. So it's British. I thought you didn't like the British, Kitty. It's a word. Give me a break. Yeah, it's a word. We both speak English, all right? It's yeah, the but same you hate language. The British, so. I, I don't hate their language. We speak the same one. I, I just get tired of being compared to them. Uh, yeah, screw the British. They're not better than us. We love all you British listeners, even though I think there's only like one or two of you. And also the... I got no problem with you existing. It's just we're not you and I don't feel like I need to be. That's oh all God. I'm saying. But also, I do want to say thank you to everybody who's like continually listened to this over the last like two and a half years we've been doing this. I never thought we would actually have like even 
if it's small, I never actually thought we would have a listener base. And the fact that like every week we have more downloads, it's just, it's surprising to me. And it just, it means a lot to be able to sit here and share stories with another person and also people around the world. And this has just been an extremely fun podcast to record. And I sound like I'm doing like a telemarketer, like fundraising thing right now. <laughs> no, I mean, it is fine. Like, I am shocked that we have an international listener or two. We we have a few, actually, and it's mind-blowing. Right? I am blown away by the fact that someone in another country knows I exist. So, you know, When I saw for, like, a couple of months that there were Australian listeners, it just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it like, why? You're on the other side of the world. Why would you ever listen to a word I have to say? Yeah, I mean, one Australian listener, if you want to be on an episode of World Shop... <laughs> yeah, no, hit me up at um, worldshoppod at um, gmail.com or it might be workshop podcast i'll i'll it's in the it's in the pod being description just find it but seriously thank you everybody who listens thank you everybody who's supported thank you everybody who's been on the show even though some of you were forced um i'm looking at all of the cast for our audio drama the westerton chronicles which i don't think is the greatest name but it's the one i stuck with <laughs> i feel like i suggested some other ones that were equally good and you shot in the foot no no all of yours were westerton chronicles colon something and i thought that was too long so i just left it at westerton chronicles you cut out so i did not hear you unfortunately okay it's i'm okay. not repeating that it doesn't matter um, but yeah, no, thank you, Cody, for sticking around with um, uh, with me for 120 episodes. We do we a have bonus, bonus episode, so it is a little bit more than it seems. This is like 100 mainline episodes, you know? Well, as of posting the episode today, it was 115. Oh, well, yeah, but that doesn't <laughs> count because those episodes are shorter. So all in total, you know, this is our 100th episode. Yeah. But we have about a hundred hours of us talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that is crazy that we have a hundred hours of us talking on this show. But yeah, no, thanks, Cody. Um, I don't know what we're doing next week, so you'll find I out. I don't either. <laughs> as soon as we do. So yeah, we'll we'll be talking. But anyways, Cody, what are your plugs for the hundredth time? Check me out at the wandering gamer network on youtube twitch and wherever you want to listen to a podcast check me out at um something i guess zero zero at twitch.tv and you can also find me at the side characters podcast which is a podcast about diversity and nerd culture um that link will also be in the description as well but thank you guys for listening and we shall catch you all on the flip side bye bye <laughs>